What's up, everyone? Welcome to Luke's Mind Power. This podcast is produced to enlighten, inspire, motivate, and move you into your power place. Your mind is powerful, and when you connect it with your heart, you become superpowered. That is why I believe that loving yourself is the secret to success and living your dreams. I'm your host, Luke Mindpower. Let's begin. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Luke's Mind Power. It's great to have you back with us. I hope you're having an amazing day wherever you are around the world. I'm so excited for today's interview. It is with a fellow Sydney cider, uh, a place that I grew up. Her name is Anna Lise, and uh, she's a sacred space holder, uh, meditation teacher, and kinesiologist. She lives for depth and soulful resonance. I believe, honestly, with self, is the, that's the key to freedom, and that's what she really believes. Uh, her inner explorations have also been reflected in her external adventures. She spent extensive amount of time in India traveling, teaching meditation and creative workshops on the shores of Goa and yoga in Mumbai for two years. Due to her intrigue into the mind-body connection, she found kinesiology and mind-body medicine to be incredible conduits of this knowledge. Uh, she has a powerful story and also shares her power through her social media channels. I'm inspired by her work and presence as well as her distinctive wisdom. And I can't wait to learn more from her today. So let me welcome Annalise. Uh, thank you so much for the intro, Luke. That was amazing. I'm so happy to be here as well. You're welcome. And, uh, it's, it's great to it's great to finally connect. Definitely, definitely. And um, Sydney, I agree, is definitely one of the best places in the world to live. So <laughs> we share yeah. that in common for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's definitely a lot quieter where I am now. But you know, when you live in a in a city with with the the traffic, the hustle, the bustle, and all that kind of stuff, I mean, a lot of people can say, "Oh, there's too much noise." Yeah, it definitely depends where in Sydney as well, because you know you can be stuck in the suburbs and and uh, you know, you can't yeah. see the beach or the water or the, the nature. Uh, so yeah, there's some amazing places in, in Sydney, that's for sure. Let's dive straight into, you know, there's a lot that I said there in that intro, especially the kinesiology mm -hmm. part. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one for absorbing information and learning and understanding more about the mind-body-spirit connection. And you've definitely paid your dues and spent a lot of time connecting with yourself and understanding yourself and learning and studying yourself again through the whole process of the mind body spirit connection so take us into that journey and how did you get there why did you go to india why did you decide to to spend that time and and do meditation and and uh yoga and all that kind of stuff what's what's behind that yeah um well it all started when i was about 22 i'm 36 now so i first i found a book in a bookshop once from eckhart tolle and at that time like he hadn't been on oprah so it was just a random book in a random shop that i found and at the time i had been experiencing really bad anxiety there was a few things going on in my life at the time and um i just opened the book and just read this one line which was something like you're never going to be in the past you're never going to be in the future all you have is right now and like to me now that just it sounds pretty cliche like there's so many memes that say this and t-shirts and all of that but back then it was just it really hit me as this real core truth and um it was just the thing that i needed to hear because my mind was just running rampant with you know all of these scenarios and overthinking and regrets and 
just really suffering in that way. And um, so I bought the book and read it and it pretty much changed my mind like really quickly and the way that I viewed myself and others. And, you know, it wasn't so much like I was this enlightened person after that, no way, but it definitely put me on the path to understanding more about my mind and about meditation. And I started to do some of the little exercises in the book and I was like sitting on my lunch break and just kind of trying to hear the stillness within the thoughts. And um, I started to actually feel it. And it was one of the most exciting things. It was like this whole universe just opened up to me um, in between these tiny little moments between my thoughts. And I felt this real deep peace with just, you know, myself and life. And, and so I was more intrigued to do meditation. So I came across um, this class that was being run at this, at this studio that I was doing Pilates at. And um, I met my meditation teacher and he was just, yeah, I studied with him for about three or four years. And that was a really deep journey. Um, we did many different styles of meditation and it was really deeply healing for me. Um, the first few years of meditation was not just all about peace. Um, actually, it took me a long time to get to that inner peace. Uh, there was a lot of emotion that had to be cleared. There was a lot of forgiveness that had to happen. So meditation was pretty much like my first healing modality. Um, and that's why I kind of, I, I use it as a healing modality with others as well. Like awareness is a potent healing, um, you know, modality. So mm. anyway, that, um, I was, I kind of got married in, in between all of that. And then I, um, went through a divorce and I decided I needed to go to India and, um, once I got to India, I did a teacher training for yoga and I just fell in love with the country and um, <laughs> it just kind of captivated my heart for the, for the past seven years, really. So I was back and forth to India and just exploring um, different types of meditation and breath work. And, um, and then I started, yeah, learning kinesiology. So there's just been so much so much to it which is yeah i can hear it <laughs> stage, yeah. i can i can hear your mind uh working <laughs> to, to try to uh express every single thing that you that you've gone through and that you've done there's there's a lot there you know yeah, yeah um exactly. how you know look i i know myself i i nearly got married when i was 27 uh yeah around that time i was very close one week away and it didn't work out and so I yeah, felt wow. I felt a lot of uh, heartache and pain and rejection uh, as to as to why it didn't work and why mm. it was happening to me. And being the youngest of of four children and watching my sisters all get married, have kids, seeing my friends around me get married and being you know loving relationships and stuff like that, uh, I was left to feel just like that I wasn't good enough. Like there's something wrong with me. What, why, why do, why is this happening to me? Why do I have to go through this? Uh, mm. So, so my question to you is like, how did it feel to kind of have that experience of, you know, having that, having a wedding, getting married and, and, 
you know, it's like picture perfect, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's a, it's an, it's amazing yeah. event. It's like supposed to be the best day of your life. And, and then, uh, you know, a few years later for you, it, it didn't work out. How did you deal with that? And how did it feel? Yeah, it was, it was really, really hard. Um, I, I feel like, you know, me in my early twenties had different priorities to me in my late twenties. There was a really big transformation that had happened. Yeah. Um, so it would have been, it was really hard to, you know, stay together and grow together. So I was one of those people in my early twenties that I just really wanted to tick the, all the boxes. I wanted to be older than what I was when I was. So yeah. I was like, I wanted to get married. I wanted to get, you know, the car, I wanted to buy the house. I wanted to have the career. Like I ticked all of the boxes quite early in my life. And, um, and then, yeah, it was this picture perfect life, but inside I was just almost like dying inside. Like my life force had just diminished so much because I wasn't living in alignment with what I really needed, um, mm. you know, for my soul to experience. So it was, it was, um, yeah, three and a half years of being married. Um, and it was really hard because every kind of six months or so, I was just getting hit by this, you know, hit of, it's almost like, um, like is depression, but yeah. it's like this imploding feeling of like, there's a part of you that wants to express, but it can't. So mm. the energy kind of like implodes on yourself. Yeah. And um, that kind of gets more intense every time. So mm. Yeah, I kind of, I finally got to the point where I just couldn't, um, I just got so, so low that I just had to, to walk away and see what was on the other side of yeah. life. <laughs> hey, look, uh, you know, it really takes courage to uh, actually, you know, take action and go through that. You know, it, it's, it's like you're, you're suppressing the reality of the truth. Yes, and, exactly. And then eventually, because you've been doing it for so long, it's like your soul is speaking, but you're shutting it down and you're shutting exactly. it down in, in kind of the hope that things may change, you know, or that, yep. it, it, you know, yeah. And, and so I've been there and it hurts, you know, uh, you know, I did it with, with drugs for a long time, you know, just yep. push, pushing away life and, uh, you know, going to to external things to make me feel enough or better so that I could forget what was actually happening in real life, you know? So, yes. yeah. So, you know, congratulations on actually being able to take the action and, um, you know, move past that because, you know, you, you kind of feel guilty for, for the whole experience of what you've gone through because you feel guilty for the other person as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That was, that's a big part of it. You know, that, um, how can you hurt the person that you actually love the most? Um, so, and, and follow your own calling that mm. that's always kind of, it's like, that was the biggest thing, um, that I just didn't want to have to deal with. I thought I could never, I could never actually do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you have to, to really listen to your gut. And I think that was something that I went against for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, just going with society's kind of um, plan for me and just putting my instincts aside, being like, oh yeah, no, like not really understanding why it didn't feel quite right, you know? Um, 
And then once you take those steps and you finally listen to your gut, then you really understand what that gut feeling is. So mm. now I feel yep. so connected to my gut. I'm like, oh, yeah, in every kind of instance, I know what it's saying now because you kind of have learned too many times what it was to go against it. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> it's funny that it's the gut. Eh? I mean, I know we say intuition, listen to your soul, listen to your heart, listen to your spirit, uh, listen to that, that voice within you. It, it does speak. Um, but we say we say the gut because yeah I guess you kind of feel feel it in that area don't you you you're like yeah hey, and there's something going on you know and and I know especially in terms of relationships or being married or whatever I mean my one of my sisters went through a divorce and uh, you know she knew after six years or seven years that it, it was something wasn't right and that she had to move on but it took her another seven years to leave you know when you've mm. got children, when you got children involved it definitely is harder, but you know, it is that, you know, I think there's a fear as well of, of, of actually being alone and hence why uh, a lot of people, you know, deter from actually taking that action because they don't want to be alone or they're afraid of being alone or they're afraid of people judging them for being, you know, going through a divorce or being, being single again. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, <man. laughs> I, I know, yeah, absolutely. You know, I know that um, for sure. I think it's now pretty evident to me. I've been, uh, I've been single now for, for two years and it was always a fear of mine. And so it's amazing to even show through this kind of an experience that it's not only about doing like, for example, public speaking, it's a, like a fear for most people getting up in mm -hmm. front of people or just doing things that you're, that you're normally not used to doing or you're afraid of, but it's also in, your like human experience of experiencing life by yourself that is yes. here for people yes definitely i think a lot of people have that fear um i had that fear of not of ex of not experiencing life by myself i felt like that was a big thing that i needed to do um to really discover myself so yeah um but when you do leave a relationship, obviously there is that risk that you think you're not going to meet someone again. And then what are you going to do? Um, but you know, that's the risk that you take for yourself if that's what you really have to do. And that's when trust comes into it and you just got to trust that you're on the right path and it's going to happen for you if it's supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. So. There is uh, that voice that says, Oh, you've been, you know, you spent three and a half years or four years or five years with this person. And now you're going to have to find a new person and, you know, yeah, go through that, that whole thing. Uh, again. Yeah, there's that story. And uh, yeah, that really st stuffs you up as well, you know, but let's, um, you know, uh, it's, it's great that you've been able to take action on yourself and, you know, m move past that because it is challenging and it's not easy. So, yeah, you, you went to India and you spent time there, you know, meditation, yoga. Uh, you really love the place. Uh, kinesiology, yeah. tell us about that. What, what, how, what, what is the fascination there and how, what is that and how, how does it work? Yeah, so it's holistic kinesiology um, that I practice. And it's a natural healing modality based on both Western and Eastern um, philosophies of health and healing. So um, it was originally developed by the chiropractors um, back in the seventies, 
and their understanding of the muscles and the way that the body moves. Um, but then over the years, it's kind of merged into more of a holistic modality where um, traditional Chinese medicine was incorporated and their deep understanding of the meridian system mm -hmm. and the organs and how emotions, um, you know, can stagnate in the organs and mm. in the body. So with kinesiology, we have a muscle monitoring technique where we can access the subconscious and, um, you know, find out what old memories or beliefs or emotions are stuck in the body. And then, and then we release, we, we clear them um, depending on what goal you're working on. So it's really, really amazing modality and it's, and it's growing really fast. I think you'll probably hear a lot more about it over the, over the next decade, I'm sure. Um, and it has great results as well. So yeah, we work with the subconscious on, on quite a deep level. So, so um, how, how do you, is it about like uh, unlearning things or is it about reprogramming your mind or is it about, uh, you know, learning new things and, uh, and, and creating new neural networks or neural pathways? Um, yeah. So that's a part of it, but it's more um, the step before that with really understanding what's there. So identifying what the blocks are. Right. So, um, you know, for example, you could be having, you could have all these goals around money. Money is a big one mm -hmm. um, or relationships is a big one, but like, you might have all these goals around like, I want to make heaps of money and I want to be successful in my business. But like whatever you're doing, you're kind of not getting there. Like it's just not happening for you. So your conscious mind is saying, I want all of this stuff, but for, for whatever reason, it's not happening. So we look into the subconscious and we look at um, what beliefs you actually have around money and, um, that could be telling a totally different story to what your conscious mind is saying. So for example, I've been working on money recently on myself and, um, you know, consciously I know exactly where I want to be. But when I went into the subconscious, I have all these beliefs around money to do with like my parents getting divorced because when I was 11, like 11 year old, Annalise saw that they were fighting over money all the time and then they split up. Mm. So I have these beliefs that like money destroys relationships, money breaks up families, money causes stress. Mm. So yeah, until I went in there to understand that, then, you know, I didn't know. Um, and that can work on any level that can work with anything as well. Even like with relationships, you might think that you want to be in a relationship and you're like calling in that, you know, perfect partner for you, but really underneath, you might not think you're worthy of an amazing man or woman, or you might feel like you're going to lose your freedom with a partner. So yeah, it's really interesting when we just go a few layers deeper. Yeah. It's amazing. You talk about meridians and um, blocks, energy blocks and stuff like that. I experienced a bit of that knowledge while I was living in the Shaolin temple in China. Oh, amazing. You talk about Chinese medicine as well. So uh, I got to experience the effects of Chinese medicine also when I was unwell. Uh, and, yep. and I never really understood it. But uh, again, I think it coincides or it's something similar to uh, the chakras 
that they they mention i don't know what part of uh, uh teaching yeah that is but i think meridians and chakras are the same um no they're quite different meridians are like um like streams of energy that are running up and down your body um, and running through all the organs so they're like big rivers of of, well it's not really energy it's it's chi which is a a type of energy um but the chakras are like energy centers in the body yes that's right yeah they're they're slightly different kind of pattern but similar kind of concept Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. it's it's uh you talk about energy blocks and stuff like that and yeah I i think uh there's there's also how the the organs can uh hold emotions and actually disease as well uh yes and yeah so there's so much like in terms of this that most people are unaware of uh because yeah i mean we're not taught it we don't know it and so a lot of these beliefs and uh different uh blocks like you said especially like money blocks or um whatever it is that's stopping you from actually, you know, let's say becoming successful internally yep. because of things that you've experienced or because of things that you're holding on to that you don't know that you can let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like things happen to you in your life and, um, and your body remembers that, like the subconscious remembers that. And sometimes like, you know, if you've been in a, in kind of a traumatic experience of some sort and you've held your breath like that can actually hold that trauma in your body and it, and you, all of those cells remember what happened so um it's not until you kind of keep coming across similar situations where something keeps getting triggered um that it keeps stopping you you know from getting past that so so yeah understanding where in the body that kind of energy is blocked and then you know understanding how to release it is really empowering and so interesting as well yeah yeah absolutely i before i did my speaking course back in 2018 i was about to do a course called unblocking your abundance blocks mm-hmm. and it was by christy marie sheldon it was through mind valley i don't know if you've heard of mind valley but yeah, 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 I actually was ready. I paid for that course, but then I found my speaking course. And so I had to um, get a ah. refund for that. But yeah, it was about when I, when I watched the webinar and I watched what she was talking about, I was like, man, this is me. I need this. Like mm-hmm. I've got limiting beliefs. I've got things within myself that are really stopping me from being successful and taking action and believing in myself and, uh, you know, being in that, that pure state uh, yes, before exactly. I went through all these experiences that have shunted my growth, you know, that have stopped mm-hmm. me from really, really like being in that flow state in, in that homeostasis, in that harmony. Yes. Yes, definitely. Well, I read this thing. It says the subconscious mind is the gatekeeper of your comfort zone. So, yeah, if there ever is that feeling of being stuck in some kind of a comfort zone or, um, or just a, yeah, a stagnation or a stunting of your growth, exactly, a lot of the time it's because of what's happening in the subconscious. And, it's crazy um, how powerful it is. 
definitely yeah it's it pretty it's running the show <laughs> most of the time <laughs> and i can now um, and i see it how and i feel it you know i feel it because i'm growing you know i'm taking action i'm learning new things all the time and mm -hmm. it is it is uncomfortable yeah and, and you can like i just you know think about other people out there and i'm like man you know uh, sometimes look you don't I, I think we don't take enough credit sometimes for where we're at in our in our like current life situations where what we're doing there's someone out there like for example this podcast right i said to you have you done a podcast before you said no it's my first one right and there's a, like you know you, you think about that and there's, there's always someone that's behind you that uh hasn't done what you've done mm. and yet you've yep you still feel like you're not we I know we've always I've got high expectations for myself but there's always someone that's a year behind you or two years behind you or that hasn't started wants to be where you are yes yep for you sure. know so yeah. Uh, yeah it's kind of like just stopping and going hang, hang on a second man I'm very I'm, I'm a lot further away than where, where I was a year ago or two years ago and giving yourself that pat on the back and that recognition and that credit for oh, you know, building yourself up to say, Hey, if I could get where I'm at now, I can, I can move, I can continue to move forward. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's such a big part of it as well. And just like celebrating your wins is something yeah. that I've been trying to incorporate into my kind of practice as well, because you can just get so stuck on what you haven't done, but you know, you're making progress every week and you have to, you have to highlight these, these things. <laughs> yeah. But we forget. We do. We were always yeah. uh, living in that external world where we're giving out to recognizing others other than ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where most people live. They live on, uh, you know, saying thank you to others, telling others that they love them, telling others mm. congratulations, uh, you're amazing you know, communicating outwards yeah. instead of stopping and actually connecting with yourself. And, you know, I'm a big, yeah. big fan of uh, self-talk and I have conversations with myself when I'm trying to figure something out and uh, as well as, you know, telling myself that I love myself and uh, it's may seem crazy. If you spoke to me like this or talked about something like this three or four years ago, I would have looked at you and gone, <laughs> you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's amazing validating yourself is definitely i think something that needs to get a lot more popular for sure but it's but you think about it growing up no one no one taught me anything like that and there's nothing about self-love or uh yeah recognizing yourself or appreciating yourself or validating yourself and not waiting for external validation or gratification from anyone else but you actually mm -hmm. making that uh conscious choice to to say no no i don't care what anyone thinks of me i'm enough yeah just the way i yeah. am no one teaches you that so, no god no like even at this age it's a new concept <laughs> like yeah yeah it's crazy so do you does that is that something that you practice yeah i'm um i'm working with a coach at the moment which has been first time that i've worked with a coach and um it's been amazing and it's kind of, yeah, she's, she's helping me implement these types of practices. Um, I've always been like working on the inner, inner world in like in a real healing kind of way. Um, 
for so long and really understanding and knowing myself. But now I'm at the point where I need to like really move forward in life, which is why I, I got a coach um, and really be able to use all of that stuff in an external kind of way. Um, so yeah, these kind of things are really important when you want to move forward. I think like um, learning how to validate yourself and, and um, yeah, not judging yourself t too harshly, just accepting yourself and, yeah, it's definitely part of my. It's it's pretty hard. Tonight. It's pretty hard to <laughs> judge yourself. Do you judge yourself? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's like human human default. Um, but I think not as harshly as what I used to. Um, I think. Yeah, I like to, I'm just living in, in a more of a, a trusting and surrendering kind of zone at the moment. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's really important to um, just honor yourself and where you're at. And, and I think you kind of progress more when you're in that state. Like when I'm pushing myself too much and when I'm like trying to be too like, you know, I don't know, too kind of externally goal focused I, I don't move as fast as what I do when I'm kind of really nurturing myself in in every day so it's something that I've noticed within me that I'm it's been interesting because yeah. it kind of goes against the whole yeah kind of goes against the narrative a little mm -hmm. bit yeah it's I've found again everyone has different ways of of growing and of pushing themselves and stuff like that but if I can shine some light on the positive aspect of being critical or judgmental of your self and your performance or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. For me, I've been able to see it as a real positive mm. in terms of uh, the notion of blissful dissatisfaction. And, and that meaning that, for example, this podcast, right? This episode, uh, I may finish this episode and say in my mind is like, man, you could have done so much better. Like you stuffed up some of the words, you didn't speak properly, blah, blah, blah. Like there will be that oh. voice. That, that's how, that's how negative my mind is. And yeah. I'm just yeah. aware of it. I'm aware of those thoughts and that voice. Uh, yeah. And so I am critical of myself. I do judge myself. I'm, I'm acknowledging that. But what it also does is I'm very aware also of my growth and, and how I deliver. But it, it, it's me recognizing, hey, I'm proud of you. You did well. But also understanding that I can do better. And so it kind of works hand in hand where it actually pushes me to, to, to do better. Yes. Because if yeah. I wasn't critical and I didn't judge myself, then I wouldn't try to be better. I'd just be satisfied. And so that's where this blissful dissatisfaction, because you're blissful with your action and your accomplishment or, or your whatever it is that you did, but then you're uh, not satisfied with uh, sitting on that plateau. You want to keep going higher. Yes. Yep. No, love it. Love it. Definitely. So um, without that, it, you wouldn't move, you know, mm -hmm. you'd just be like, mm -hmm. you know, nah, I've done well. Thank you. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. There wouldn't be any growth, but Hey, let's go to India. Why do you love India so much? What is it about India that, uh, you know, captured your heart 
and I guess there was a lot of connection with yourself there. I mean, I understand it from living in China and just getting away from the whole Sydney, mm-hmm. the city, the, 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 I guess for me, it was about, I mean, I, I lived in Chicago, I went to America. I lived in Chicago for three months as well. But for me, along my journey of, uh, you know, self-discovery and, and learning more about who I was, I just, ha- I felt this real big need to just run away well, not run away, but I just, I needed to get away. I needed to, yeah. I needed to be alone. I, I, it's amazing how I actually had this pull from the universe to just go, I need to get away from my family and my friends and the people that I love and the people that have been around me for since, you know, since I was really young, but yeah. it's the thing that it's, it's like, I needed it. And it was, and I was right. I, you know, I, I had, people were questioning what I was doing and even going to China, like, why, why would you go to China? That's just stupid, you know? <laughs> and, and yet I trusted myself and it was just a, a most amazing decision and right decision of, you know, that I had to make. So yeah, t- take us, take us down to India. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very similar with me as well. Um, I had a real desire to, to get, away from here and it's funny because like I love Sydney you know and I and I love it even more now but I really wanted to get as far away from like this normal life that I knew as possible like if I could have gone to like Mars I would have gone yeah. <laughs> so I was like all right India's pretty pretty different I'm gonna check that place out I actually wanted to go to Iran but um yeah well like everyone everyone in my life was like uh no haha very funny (laughs) so I um so I was like okay I'll go to India and then I yeah I just fell in love with it it was it was um it was there's a certain wildness like I actually did feel like I was in a different dimension of some sort it's just so so different to here it's a very different energy the earth has a different energy and um and I just felt like you just learn so much about yourself when you're in such a different environment. And it's a very confronting environment as well. Like what you see over there really can break you um, and challenge you and really make you question like where you come from and why you're here and, and everything in a way that here in Australia doesn't Um it's very safe here and we're yeah. so lucky, you know, um, mm-hmm. we don't have to be faced with the type of poverty that is over there and mm-hmm. yeah, everything that comes with that. So yeah, I just, um, on a kind of soul level, it was what I needed. I was really craving some, some depth and some, um, real experience of like being a human and you really do get that there. Um, and then also the culture is amazing as well. I love the food. I love the music. I love um, the people are great. And yeah, it's, it's a very vibrant, different energy. And I'm kind of, I'm really sad about what's happening at the moment now because they're getting really affected by the whole coronavirus as well. Um, but hopefully it will, it will maintain its magic and it will, you know, recover as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um for me, which I'm sure you'll agree, it, one, one aspect of living in the Shaolin Temple for me, again, being around the Chinese people and just being around their 
way of living and being exposed to that reality of, of life. Uh, it amplified my awareness of gratitude. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that really happened for you as well. Oh, definitely. Like, um, yeah, I was in, I was living in Mumbai for two years and, um, yeah, I, I came back to Sydney and I was living in Coogee and I just had a whole level of gratitude that I had never experienced before. And I've always been a grateful person and mm -hmm. very like, you know, I've always been so grateful for everything that I have, but wow. Like I just couldn't believe how much more grateful I could actually be and how much more content I could be with just the simple things. Like I would like say a little prayer to my washing machine every time <laughs> I put clothes in my washing machine. Like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Cause I hand washed my clothes for so long and, yeah. and I loved doing that. There was nothing like, you know, I loved it, but still actually little things like that were just huge. And that really brings a real lightness to your life when you can see the beauty in the small things and um it's powerful stuff yeah man. <laughs> yeah yeah it is definitely. it is like being grateful what is the key to, to happiness gratitude um what is the key uh -huh. to success uh you know if you're you're grateful for the things that you have you know you'll end up having so much more but it's actually being present and in the moment to actually intentionally consciously practice gratitude every single day and it's like a lot of these things that, you know, you talk about in personal development, even if it's like self-talk or affirmations, uh, you know, journaling or meditation, uh, even going to the gym, um, eating healthy, all this, all this stuff that like is about having the optimum life, you know, having that high altitude, high flow, um, kind of uh, flow, being in, being in flow state, being in harmony all of these aspects is only attained by repetition. Yes. Right. And Definitely. it's easy to talk about this. And I talk about it a lot, even in my videos or whatever, but it's all about uh, putting it into practice and doing it every single day. Like people want, you know, I know that they say that you can change a habit in 21 days. I think that's absolute rubbish. And it's not about, <laughs> happens in 21 days it happens when you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and may take three months six months 12 months but you don't see results unless you are consistent and mm. and you continue to practice gratitude every single day for like six months before you see some results and people want results after a week yeah 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 no um i think gratitude is one of the best practices that you could ever do and there's so much to be grateful for as well and like you know especially now i think it's it's hard everyone's struggling with this um being on lockdown and everything and you can get into like this negative mindset because there are so many things that have changed but really there's still so many things to be grateful for and we have to remember that and just keep focusing on that um because you know, you can get into a trap um, when these types of things happen and your mind just, you know, sees the negative and everything. But really, you know, you just got to look around and we're just so lucky still. Um, yeah, uh, so definitely I, something to keep doing, especially now, I think. Especially now, I think everyone needs to up their gratitude practice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's not until you go through an experience like this or death or 
uh, poverty or you go overseas and you see how other people are living and then you compare it to your life and you're like, oh my God, I'm blessed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's definitely a part of how a lot of people may not appreciate the life that they have here in Australia. Because honestly, like we do, we live in luxury, man. Like seriously. I know. (laughs) Total luxury. (laughs) Compared compared to to people around the world. And yeah, it's definitely an eye opener to, to actually go and experience something different to see how people live. But I think also, yeah, you, because, because you're so, uh, conditioned to 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 live the way that you live especially here in in sydney or in australia you know you just get into this uh paradigm of of like life every single day that even if you do go overseas for like a holiday and you see some poverty it doesn't stick you know you come back to to australia you go back to your reality and what you know your unconscious Mm. life because a lot of the things that we do every day are unco- is unconscious. We're just doing it because we're just so used to doing it. So used to driving, so used to talking on the phone or on the Bluetooth while we're driving to work, going to the gym, uh, you know, eating. Every, a lot of these things that we're doing are unconscious and we're not even aware of it. And so the paradigm is so strong that even if you go overseas for a little bit and see that kind of stuff, it still doesn't stick because... Uh, you know, you're just used to living this life, but it's also, I think, living with that intention and living with, uh, with a purpose and, and doing something that you, that really drives you that's coming from within that will also change your awareness to, to wanting to feel more positive about, you know, your life. Yes, 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 definitely, definitely. Do you, do you find that? Because I mean, you know, gratitude, for example, like the way that I see it is gratitude amplifies your positivity and your happiness. And, you know, when you feel grateful, it makes you feel happy because you're like, wow, I'm alive. What a, what an experience to actually feel good about just being alive, not about what you want or desire, but just about right now I'm alive. I'm breathing. Wow. There's people out there that are dying you know, and you can feel positive and grateful and happy for the things that you have around you right now. And so that makes you feel happy. So what is, what, what happens when you feel happy? You feel good about yourself. So when you feel good about yourself, you want to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're more likely to, yeah, to align with your, your purpose and, um, yeah, definitely. I think it's gratitude. And I think like, there's a sense of entitlement that I think people have <laughs> that, um, yeah, it, it kind of gets in the way of gratitude. You know, people think that they just, um, life is owed to them, but it's not, you know, everything is such a blessing. And when you can see that, then I think you just, you can feel a certain, yeah, connection um, with, with what you have. And instead of just feeling like everything's just supposed to be the way that it is, you know, it's just, um, you know, you were born into it. So, so, you know, you deserve it, but really, you know, the, we just got to be grateful for everything that we have because this, I don't know how it all works. I don't know how the whole universe works with all of this. And it's always been something that's always played on my mind of, 
you know, why some people have and some people don't. Um, but as long as we just know that we just, yeah, we just take it and we just say thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. Annalise, what's yeah. your biggest fear? Ooh, my what biggest fear. What are you fear? afraid of? Um, ooh. See, I would always say public speaking. That was <laughs> That's always been my thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm kind of getting, I'm getting over that a little bit. How do you do that? Um, you just have to keep pushing (laughs) yourself. You just have to keep putting yourself in uncomfortable situations where, um, you just have to keep proving to your ego that you're not going to die if you do that. (laughs) So does that mean that you've been getting up and speaking in front of people? Well, I just started an acting course and, um, that's something that I just would never have done in the past ever. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I kind of, it just synchronistically happened when I, I just decided I had this idea, I'm going to do an acting course. And I met this guy and he was like, I do acting. And then he forced me into booking it. And then all of a sudden I'm doing an acting course. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's been amazing. It's been really fun as well. So it's really hit a lot of the edge of that. Um, so I'm des- I'm like really motivated to overcome this fear for mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's amazing that speaking and public speaking is one of the biggest fears out there. You know. Yes. But yeah. it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely liberating and it feels amazing when you can push past that fear and know that wow that was really just a story that was made up in my mind that I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And even like, you know, I did my, I did a, a live on Facebook a little while ago, a couple of them. And, um, the trauma that I felt in my body before I pressed the live (laughs) button, just like really like my whole body was just shaking and I was like, like, it just took me so long. And it was really interesting because it just proved what was underneath this fear. It was like literally my whole body just wanted to just run away. And yeah. Um, wow. yeah so, and I've heard that that's been quite common with a lot of people. And it's really interesting to see why we are walking around with all of this stuff about speaking and about being seen, you know, I think it goes back, maybe it's ancestral um, about, you know, being persecuted and, and things like that. So I think um, we now have the opportunity in this world of, you know, social media and and sharing so often that we can break down these um, break down through this fear and actually speak our truth because it's so needed in the world today. You know, I, I don't think people realize the power of their voice, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. with social media. Like a lot of people out there can, can think, ah, oh, who's going to listen to me? You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's that doubt, but it's amazing to actually, like you said, you know, where does, where does that, where does that come from? Like where, where mm-hmm. does that insecurity or that lack of self-belief or that lack of confidence is it just because we haven't done it before or is it the, you know, you're worried about what people are going to think of you. You know, I remember doing my first video when I was doing my speaking course online two years ago and I've still got it. And it's like amazing to watch it because I'm like so fragile 
and I'm so f- worried. And even though I'm speaking, I'm just with a really low vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's like to, to see where I've come from, it's incredible, but it, I guess it's, yeah, it starts. And I, I think about it. I'm just like, where does that stem from? You know, why, yeah. why was I so fearful of it? You know, and, and I, I mean, I have to come to the conclusion to say that my low self-esteem, low self-confidence, lack of self-worth, you know, the, the me being so insecure and so self-conscious about my physical appearance for so many years uh, really, really did come from uh, the way that I was raised and, and uh, you know, my parents. And it's not their fault. Mm. I'm not he's sitting here judging my parents, you know. Yeah. My parents just they did the best that they could and they're just projecting what the 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 teachings and, and the their parenting style from the way that they were parented. Uh yeah. and and you know, they've come from, you know, like if you go down their parents, their parents' parents, I mean you're talking about fifty or a hundred years ago and or even longer and the kind of lifestyle that it was back in those days compared to what is now, it's completely different, you know? Yeah, different world. So I think, uh, yeah, the, the parenting style and again, you know, big family, a lot of kids, you know, the attention to give the child wasn't there. Yeah. 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 It was just kind of, yeah. In a real, um, more like not in a nurturing kind of way, like we kind of understand now um it was probably caring in different ways but um in terms of like nurturing the the human being <laughs> i think there was less yeah. of that going on no seriously it's mm. you know i i see it now it makes sense to me of how important it is to actually and you know to actually give that time to that to that child and you know it's a raising a child mm-hmm. is from you know from from zero to, to 18 like to be there for the child to support the child to empower the child to uh, connect with the child you know and if you've got four children and you're working and you're trying to maintain a household and you're trying to go out with your friends have a social life and you're trying to watch your tv shows and do the washing and all this stuff like you're really not left with much time to actually raise your children yeah yeah definitely for sure and how do you think you um you know what was your how did you heal through that and get to how you are now well it's only recently that i've moved back with my parents where i've been able to actually continue to be triggered emotionally and actually address my (laughs) emotions from 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 my parents uh to to actually come to the realization that I was always seeking validation from my mum. You know, I always wanted her, even with my journey now of of who I am, I always wanted my mum's acceptance and my mum to say, Luke, I love you and I believe in you and whatever it is that you decide to do in your life, I support you 150%. And I really wanted that. And I came here wanting that. You know, I came here yeah. to show my mum who I really am, you know, that I'm not closed minded. I'm not religious based. I'm spiritual. I'm open minded. I'm here speaking with a universal tongue to the universe, to the world, to humanity. 
uh, and I, I don't believe in the things that, that you believe in, you know, and the way that you raised me. And so to, to be able to actually be that way and then still be triggered by some of the things that she would say to me, I realized at that moment that there was that little boy that was still yearning for his mother's love and attention and wanting his mother to say, Luke, I love you. And no matter what you choose to do or what you believe in or whatever, I love you unconditionally and I support you 150%. That's what that little boy wanted. And so that little yeah. boy was coming out every time I'd get mm -hmm. triggered and emotional uh, about something that my mom would say just through certain words. And I started to pick up on it and I'm like, why, why is that happening to me? And yeah. it really just got me to the point where I lost it one day. And I said to myself, what the hell, what a reaction. <laughs> like I'm 35 years old here and I, I yeah. chucked the tantrum. Right. And, and then I just had to stop and I had to sit with myself. I had to meditate and I had to start studying myself. I had to start like kind of leaning in and trying to work out. And I started writing and I started to having to work out as to why I was reacting the way that I was reacting. And I was like, wow, I completely lost myself. I went into depression, depression for like five yeah. days. I didn't want to come out of my room. I didn't want to eat, you know, but I, yeah. I but what actually happened was, I'd lost myself. I'd lost I, Luke. Mind power was gone. It was, yeah. it, it was that 14 year old boy again. And I had to nurture myself. And I realized that I was codependent and yeah. I wasn't aware of it. I was still seeking external validation. Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I had to lean in and I had to start validating myself. I had to start bringing that to my awareness and giving myself that attention and looking at my, you know, pictures of myself in my room now when I was a little boy and, and uh, telling that little boy that I, I love him and that mm -hmm. it, I don't, and that you don't need anyone to validate you. You're enough just to exactly the way you are. All your imperfect imperfections make you perfect, you know? And, uh, and I just had to give myself that love, you know, and, yeah. and that was part of my, my healing journey of, uh, you know, who I am now. Yeah. Beautiful. That's deep. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. And yeah. Yeah. I think there comes a time when a lot of us, yeah, we have to reparent ourselves and we have to, you know, identify what it was that we, we didn't get as kids from our parents and then learn because if whatever you didn't receive from your parents that you needed, often you've found you've, you've, you're either going to try and get that from external things in your life, from other relationships or, you know, whatever. Um, and you don't know how to give that to yourself. So you have to learn how to reparent yourself and give those things to yourself again. And um, I think, you know, a lot of people go through that. Well, well, a lot of people um, it's part of their healing journey to figure out what those things are because yeah, before the age of seven, that's what shapes us mm. as um, as these emotional codependent little beings. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's a, you know, I mean, I've dealt with being emotional or sensitive or being triggered for many years, but I didn't understand it. I never knew how to uh, address it, you know? 
Mm. So there's thing is a lot of people out there that go through this and yet they just leave it and let it sit there and suppress it and don't bring it that attention that it's needed. You know, again, uh, communication biggest, one of the biggest things that has helped me, uh, you know, transform my life is actually verbalizing and releasing that energy from you. Because a lot of times we feel something, we want to talk about it, but then we're afraid. And so we hold it in. And so the more you do that, you're basically, uh, you know, starting a war with yourself because you're containing that experience or that energy. Yes, definitely. Have you, is, um, have like, do your, parents know you're you're healing around all of this yeah well that's that's what i i the, the the last action step for that was that i actually i'd written about 11 pages on on my computer about my life about my childhood about the things that i did about their parenting style about how they were raised uh i wrote so much stuff and then i basically got them and i sat them down in the lounge room and i read it to them you know, and I started by wow. saying, I started by saying, you know, I, I love you guys for who you are. And I, you know, this is just my, my, in my opinion, but I do not uh, uh, doubt your parenting style and, and the love that you have. And you, you don't know, you didn't know no better. You did the best that you could, but from my mm -hmm. experiences of what I've learned as an individual and what I believe this is me. And I just went through a whole list and story of why I did drugs and, uh, and everything and everything else, why I feel the way that I feel, why I am the way that I am. Uh, and I actually read it to them and I, I got them to sit there and listen. Uh, and so that was really liberating because again, a lot of the, even though maybe their awareness or their understanding of everything that I was talking about didn't make sense to them. Right. Yep. But the fact that I actually took it and took action and did that is something that a lot of us do not do because, you know, it's fear of judgment. It's lack. Of, it's just thinking that people, not people aren't going to understand what you're saying. Um, but it's up to you, you know, how much do you actually want to grow and, and actually be heard as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I, I used to work with this, um, healer amazing breathwork facilitator and and he always said because you you know you with breathwork especially you're dealing with a lot of childhood um stuff and he was like the last um thing that you always have to do is to actually express these things to your parents like it actually is the such a huge catalyst for transformation when you can actually voice it and speak it and not in a way of like you needing to receive any kind of like answer from them or understanding from them. It's just you being able to say that in your freedom and just, you know, this is, this was your experience and this is how it affected you. But, you know, we all love each other and, it, and it's okay, but it's so important, such an important part of it. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's pretty powerful, you know, Very. but, but it's, uh, it, it also hurts you know? Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, it's got me to where I am now and things are a lot more positive and open. And, you know, I have, you know, easier conversations now. I'm just more, again, if there's someone that's triggering you, 
you know, it's, I believe uh, that everyone is a mirror, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone's teaching you something about yourself. Uh, and so if you're feeling emotional, or you're feeling stressed or someone's triggering you uh, in some way because of something, then uh, bring your attention to it and ask yourself as to why you feel that way. You know, yeah. yeah. What is it within yourself that's going on? Uh, because everyone is your teacher. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, which, so true. which is amazing. But Annalise, it's been great talking to you, man. There's there's so much that we we can uh, we can go into, and and uh, you know, one thing for me, I definitely uh, didn't understand myself for a long time, especially school and studying and all that. And I was just like, I don't like to study. I don't like to. I don't know what I like and all that kind of stuff. And one thing that I, I've learned about myself is that I really love learning from others and I've loved sharing this space with you and learning from you and your experiences and your resilience and, you know, your ability to kind of navigate your life and, and listen to that gut and that intuition of yours so that you can, you know, really like listen to your truth and set yourself free and, and kind of be guided by your internal, like divine essence, you know, your power. And, and that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, you know, and it's so inspiring and, uh, you know, congratulations on, on everything that you have done. And I know that as you continue on this journey, uh, you know, of, of self-discovery and uh, pushing past your fears and acting, uh, you know, there's, there's so much more of you to come that you are not aware of. And that's uh, amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. And it was great to chat to you today and you're so inspiring as well. So yeah, it was amazing. Awesome. And so if people want to follow you or uh, get in touch with you or whatever, uh, where can they find you? Yep. So um, Inner Cosmology. So on on Insta, Insta, it's just Inner Cosmology and um, website is the same, innercosmology.com. Awesome. Awesome. Alrighty. And one final question before we go. Yeah. Your definition of loving yourself. Oh, um, I think that that has changed for me, like through different phases of my life. But at the moment for the last couple of years, loving myself has been around boundaries actually. Um, and being able to just really knowing what is, what is good for me and being, strong in that and allowing myself to to hold a sacred space for myself basically um, with no guilt amazing thanks Annalise beautiful all right thanks Luke thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode be sure to share this with a friend or on your social platforms and leave a rating on the Apple Podcasts app this really helps us and means the universe to me and my team For more dope content and motivation on how you can live the life of your dreams, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. I am Luke Mindpower, the ultimate success coach. And if you want to find your power and purpose in life, simply visit my website, lukemindpower.com for more info on how I can help you 10x your success. Sending you super love and positive energy. Peace. I'll talk to you soon.